Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, you know, they say God works in mysterious ways, right? Bible doesn't say that. It's not in the Bible. That's just our own human interpretation of how God moves sometimes, right? God has maybe moved in your life and you saw it like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect that or I didn't see that coming or I totally wasn't uh, seeing it playing out this way. Uh, reminds me of a story. Uh, a man was walking through the woods with a friend one day and he began to get thirsty. Right, uh, recently, uh, my son Aiden and I, we got to go and hike the trails over here in Bedard Park. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's really cool if you ever get a chance to go through. It's good exercise. It's just good to get out, right? And, uh, and I, it's been a while since I've climbed those, those hills. And my, uh, uh, my breath, uh, you know, it, it showed. And, and my soreness uh, afterwards showed. Up. But if you don't know, there, there's like all these really cool hills. And people like to go up in there with, with a bike and, and ride the trails. But, but they've really like, extended it over the years. It goes way back out of the woods. And, and, and there's like a disc golf trail in there. If you've ever played, that's really fun. But, uh, but yeah, so, and it's really swampy. I didn't notice how swampy it was. But there's all these little pits of uh, just green swampiness. And oh my gosh, I didn't never been back this far. And of course, Aiden, he's all boys, and he's like, all about it. Like, let's go. I'm like, man, I've got some of these plants got some snakes in them. No. And he's looking out for them. He's like, what if there's gators back here? I'm like, man, you don't want to know. Not because I've been explored, and I'm sure there probably is something hanging around here. So he's looking out. We're, looking, we're climbing over sticks. He chucked the rocks in the swamp and stuff. And, and we're going through, and I'm like, all right, let's take, let's take a break for a minute. You know, you're younger than I am. I'm about to turn 40, y'all. I'm not excited about that. Like, just a couple weeks away, I told my kids this week, man, I am, I am not having any more birthdays. I'm 39 and holding for my life. Right? <laughs> not looking for that, but it is what it is. And we're going through it, man. I just, I just got thirsty. I don't know if you've ever been in anywhere or done anything where you just got thirsty. Right? And these old boys are walking through the woods, and, and my man gets thirsty, and, and he's starting to lick his lips, and his lips start getting dry and chapped. And so he starts licking them even more, and every time he licks, it gets chapped even more. And so it's like this, this, this cycle of, of chapped lips. And you know, like, if you ever saw the movie Napoleon Dynamite, like, he's chapstick. Oh. And he's like, he's, he's just, doesn't have any chapstick, and they're out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty and so dry. I'm like, I need, I need some chapstick. He looks at his buddy, and he's like, what do I do? What is that? I don't know what to do. Like, my lips are so chapped, so dry out here. We're in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any chapstick yet, but what are we what are we doing? He's like, man, there is only one thing you can do when we're out here like this. You need to go get you some horse manure, right? And you need to whack a little bit on your lips, right? And it's going to do two things. One, the horse manure is going to take care of that dry, chapped lip stuff going on. And number two, you're not going to lick your lips anymore. <laughs> two birds, one stone. Sometimes the answers God gives us, sometimes the thing that God does in our searching for Him, in our longing, in our asking Him. And sometimes the things that God does doesn't make sense to us. But what God does, His purpose is the things that He carries out in our life always has a purpose. We don't understand it. In the moment, we don't see the purpose. We don't understand. It's like, God, why would you move this way? What? God, why do I have to do it like that? I don't want to do it like that. Right? Come on, somebody. I mean, we've been there. God, I don't want to do it like that. But there's always 
a reason. There's always a purpose. God just doesn't just do things. But let me just see how he reacts. Let me just sit back and get a good kick and nibble. Uh, there's always a reason. There's always a purpose. There's some times when we seek God for those answers or when we offer God, hey, use me. You got to be careful how you say that. God, use me. God, send me. You know? Hey, just don't send me there. <laughs> God, I'm going anywhere. Just don't send me. You know, we pray those prayers sometimes, but there are going to be some things that God calls us to do that we're not going to want to do. There's going to be those times. Why? Because it seems too hard. We forget who God is in that moment. To us, in the natural, it seems too difficult, but we serve a God where nothing is impossible. Come on, somebody. We forget that sometimes in those moments. And it's easy to dismiss His purpose, His presence, and His provision all because we're like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. Right? Or it's too uncomfortable for us. God, I don't know if I want to go through this. We'll dismiss some of the things that God has for us. We'll miss out on all the things that he has for us simply because we don't want to do what he wants us to do. When it comes down to it, we're going to have to choose what hard we want. What hard do you want, right? It, it might be hard doing something that you don't want to do, but it carries out God's purpose. But guess what? It's going to be hard trying to work your way back to God when you disobey him. What hard, what hard are you going to choose? Today. This is our last week of our Epic Fail series. Next week is Mother's Day. Come on, moms. Yeah, we're going to celebrate you guys next week. It's going to be awesome. Um, we're going to have a bunch of different giveaways for all the ladies in the room, as well as mothers, and, and just do something really special next week. So come, bring your moms, uh, and, and let's have an awesome time celebrating them together. But today, let's look at the prophet Jonah, right? In a message called Mission and Mercy. Where are you at between God's mission and his mercy? So open your Bibles to the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. We're not going to read all of the whole story. Many of us know that. But we're going to really concentrate on the beginning uh, of the story. Jonah chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. I know this is probably like. Many of us have heard this story so many times. But maybe some of you haven't. Maybe today you can see it from a fresh Perspective. I believe anytime you read God's word that he will show you something new every time. I believe God will show you something that you need right on time uh, for whatever season of life, whatever thing that you are going through. That's how God's word works. But this might be a, like just a kiddie story we might remember growing up. And we learned it in, in Sunday school or girls ministry. Or I, I was raised in a Baptist church so we had RAs and GAs on Wednesday night, right? And, and whatever way you know, but maybe parents you've grown up and you, your kids watch Veggie Tales all the time. Maybe they learned about Jonah through that, right? Whatever way, many of us have heard this, and it's oftentimes depicted in this kind of kitty way. But the truth is, this is a story of a reluctant prophet, Jonah, and I believe it will speak to all of our lives today if we will be willing to listen to what God has to say. So Jonah, chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. Let us read it. Together the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran. He ran for his life. Ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went out to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we love you. 
God, I thank you that you have a purpose for all of our life, God, that you want us to live in that purpose, God. You want us to live in your presence. You want us to live in, in your provision, God. You want us to trust in you, to surrender our life to you in every part, every aspect of our life, God, giving it all to you. All in, just as you spoke earlier in this service. God, may we learn to do that, God. May we, might, may we not be so hesitant Lord, not just to hear your voice, but to listen to your voice and to do, God, what you say. May we, we not live in fear of, of how that plays out. Or what that, may we not live in, in discomfort, God, but may we learn to just fully trust in you today. With whatever you are calling us to do. Some of that has to do with our purpose. Some of it has to do with uh, forgetting our past and moving forward. Some of it has to do with just daily disciplines in our life. God, whatever. May that be our response to you, God, today. Whatever, Lord, you want us to do. Whatever it looks like, God. Whatever it sounds like, Lord. Won't you come today? Jesus' name. Amen. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. We see the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. Now, I want to look at a few words uh, real quick and understand the meaning because I believe it gives us some better context uh, to, to this. In fact, if you read your Bible, you should study it. Don't just read it. Read it through and say, oh, check it. Read it today. Right? I got my streak going. Three days in a row. Boom. Read it. Study it. Study out some of these words. Some of these words, like especially if you read it in the original language, Greek, Hebrew, all that kind of stuff. If you read, if you gain a better understanding of God's word, and if you gain a better understanding of God's word, it's easier to apply it to your life because that's what it's meant to do. So as we read this, it's so important to understand the actual context of what it's saying. So let's look at a few meanings. Jonah. Many of us come to know uh, Jonah as the reluctant prophet because of his response to God and his word and what he was calling him to do. But did you know his name actually means dove, represents peace. So here, this prophet, prophet of God, prophet uh, who would uh, often carry God's voice to the people. He would often be a guide to the kings and the, and the priests and, and, and the different people who would often bring a word of encouragement, but sometimes judgment, sometimes uh, correction. The prophet, whose name meant dove, whose name meant peace, will become the reluctant prophet who disobeyed God and ran from him. I'm afraid that, that some of us, God has given us purpose and he's given us destiny and we have a knowledge about God, but our life contradicts that knowledge. May we never live in that space. May we never live uh, where we know all the things of God. And we know all the stories. And we know Jonah, right? We've heard this throughout our whole entire life. We know about the God that we serve. We know about the God of the Bible. Maybe we can even quote scriptures. But our life contradicts the very thing that we believe. May we not be Jonah. His name actually means the peace. Peace woman end up disobeying God and is now known as the reluctant prophet. His father was named Amittai, and his father's name meant truth. What a great name for a prophet. Son of truth. Right? Because that's what he would do. He was to carry out God's truth, God's word to the people. He was called to this great city called Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. These were very wicked people, very corrupt people, very savage people, godless people. 
and, and God sees them and says, man, I'm going to bring judgment on these people, but I want to give them a chance because that's the merciful, good, gracious God that we serve. And if I want to give them a chance, Jonah, will you go and give the truth to them so that they may repent and change their ways so the judgment may not come upon them? Look at verse 1 again. When it said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, the son of truth. The good news for us is that God still wants to give you his word today. That God still wants to speak. We serve a God that speaks. The question is, are you tuned in to his voice? Are you listening? But God wants to speak to you. I believe he'll speak to you here today, right here, right now, in this service. Are you listening? Are you listening? Come on. And, and, and it's an amazing thing because his word is not just some other word. Like we can take people's word for it, right? Someone can tell you something and it can be great. But this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of Yahweh. This is the word of God who created all things, who created the universe, who created you and me, who got your plan and purpose for your life. This isn't just any old word. This word has power. Come on, somebody. This word is true. This word, the Bible tells us, is alive and active and useful for your life. It's necessary. You need God's word. In fact, you need to be finding a place where you get a word from the Lord. And it has to be more than just a Sunday morning. We need to be regularly, actively seeking the word of the Lord. Whether that's his written word or that's a word directly from him. You need to get to a place where you are hearing from God. I don't care if that's your devotional time. I don't care if it's a devotional. I don't care if it's your Bible. I don't care if it's an app on your phone. I don't care if you call it a war room, a prayer closet. I don't care if that's your bedside or your, your car or your ride away from work. I don't care what it is. I don't care how it looks. You just need to do it. Amen. You need to be finding a place where you hear from God. But the sad reality is there's so many that don't. Walking around, unsure, confused, fearful, doubtful, not hearing from the Lord, not even seeking to hear from the Lord. God wants to speak. God wants to speak to you. Are we tuned in? We need to get to a place where we hear from. Not just hearing, though, but listen and obey what He says. We, we, we do a really good job of talking at God instead of to God. What, what am I saying? What am I, we, we do a really good job of, of talking at God. Hey, God, here's what I'm going through. God, will you help me? God, I'm hurting. God, I'm going which is not wrong, right? But if that's the extent of your prayer life where we're, all we're doing is just talking at God, we are missing the power in prayer. Because we should talk to God. To God would suggest that we, it's a two-way thing. We, we are expecting a response from Him. God, I want to cry out to you, God, God, what you have to say. God, God, what do you want me to do? Because, yeah, it might feel good to get a lot of things off your chest, but, man, I want to hear from God. I want to know His purpose. I want to know His plan. I want to know what it is so that I can walk in His spirit and not in my flesh. We do a good job of talking at God. A lot of times, the problem is we feel like we know what's best in a given situation. Oftentimes, we end up walking in our own way because we're not willing to sit and listen to God. 
we talk at God, and then sometimes we get impatient with God. God, I'm not hearing anything. God, I'm not feeling anything. God, I haven't seen you move yet. God, why aren't you moving? All right, well, I'm just going to do things on my own. And then I'm going to pray that you bless it afterwards. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? And a lot of times we end up walking out with what we think. When it, like, I feel like we should be able to walk across the street wherever and whenever that we want. I, I don't like that there's rules and laws. Like, how are you going to give me a ticket for jaywalking? Bro, I pay taxes. I should be able to walk wherever I want, whenever I want. But no, they don't you use the crosswalk. you got to push the button. And then you got to wait for the little guy to turn from red to, to white. And it's like, you know, there's no traffic. I can't I still walk. They don't do that. And Haley Plus is that man. I don't care. <laughs> dumb laws. It's stupid. But it's in my best interest. Because uh, many of you, you know that video game Frogger, right? Where the little frog hops across and then gets whacked by his car, right? I don't want to be no Frogger. <laughs> but oftentimes we'll do that because we think we know what's best. Or honestly, it's not that we think we know. It's just we want to do what we want to do. Let's just be real and honest this morning. This was the context of Jonah that we see take place in verse 2. Here's the command. God says, go... All of us, that's our command to all of us. If you have given your life to Christ, it is to go. It is to do his work, his purpose for your life. And he says, go. Go to the great city of Nineveh and do what? God said, I want you to preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now you might, you might wonder, like, Jonah is the prophet of God. That was his job to tell the truth, to, to sometimes bring a, a judgment or speak judgment or to warn them, say, hey, listen, you better do what you got to do because this is about to happen. Like, you, you might think, like, Jonah, what's your deal? This is what you do, right? But if you really understand who these people were in Nineveh, you, you might show a little bit of mercy uh, to God. This empire, the, the Assyrians were, were just... There were savages. They would oftentimes raid communities and, and other, other countries and other areas, other cities. They would raid them. And they would take it from them and they would conquer these places. And then they would take prisoners of war. And this is where some of the most brutal things would happen. If you ever read into history, some of these empires like this were just, were just brutal. And they would kill everybody. They would kill women. They would kill kids. They would, they would kill everybody. They would take prisoners out. They would rape the women. I know this is probably not something you want to hear in church, but it's real life, it happens. Sometimes they would rape the kids. Sometimes they would take the men, they would take them out of the city in the desert, they would skin them alive. I know, I, I'm sorry, it's church, I know. They would skin them alive, and then they would bury them to where their heads were just sticking out of the sand. And then they would cut their tongue off, put a stick so that they would, they would now be skinned alive, hot in the desert, and now, now there's a thirst, but they don't have a tongue. Like, this is very savage. And they make them listen to Baby Shark all night, right? So I had to lighten it up. I had to lighten it up. It was getting, it was getting out of hand. And this is the, this is the craziness. This, this is the type of people that we are talking about here. And then when they were done, that once the guys were dead, they would behead them, and they would stack their heads up in like a pyramid outside of the city to say, hey, listen, we did this. Don't mess with us. These are the type of people we're talking about. So maybe you could show a little bit of mercy to Jonah. Like, this is why Jonah did not want to go to the city. It wasn't that he feared them. What he feared is that they would hear the word of the Lord, and that they would repent, and then they would change their ways, and that they would get a mercy and grace that they didn't deserve. Here's the deal, my friends. None of us deserve the grace and the mercy of God. None of us. Yet God gives it to us. 
freely. Anyway. But that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're talking about. Again, you may not know that if you didn't look into it and study it. This is why Jonah did not want to go and speak to these people. He despised them. You, I'm just looking, again, this is not in the Bible, this is not recorded anywhere, but maybe Jonah had a friend or a loved one or somebody that fell victim to one of these raids. Maybe, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to add this to anything, it's a possibility though. And maybe there's a reason why he's like, man, I just, I don't want to go, these people are wicked, I, I despise, he despised them. In fact, Israel was, they despised them, these, these were their enemies. Yet God wanted to show them mercy. Maybe you can relate today. Maybe the word of the Lord comes to you and, and you hear something specific from God and, and, and he says, this is what I want you to do. And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I, I get that, God, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Maybe, maybe somebody has done something to you and, 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 and it hurts and they really hurt you and, 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 and they really, uh, you know, just uh, maybe they stab you in the back and turn on you, abuse you in some sort of way and it really hurts and it's like, God, ugh, I can't stand this person. Why would you want me to forgive them? But that's the word of the Lord that has come to you to forgive because you have been forgiven. And it's like, God, I hear it. I don't want to do that. They don't deserve it. Maybe some of you here that you've heard the teaching on, on, on tithing and, and you've heard the, what the Bible says about that. And, and, and we know that we give 10% back to the Lord. It's His anyway. And it's a, and it's a, it's a time for us to honor God and, and to be good stewards of what He has blessed us with. And, and we know about that giving our, our, that 10%, our first fruits offering. We, we know that we've heard that, but it's like, God, I, I hear that. I just, I don't want to do it. I need that 10%. All right? It's my money. I need it now. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I hear it. I know what your word says. I hear it being taught. I, just, I struggle with that because on paper, I'm like, I'm looking at my bills. But then, no, Pastor, don't, don't talk about like rearranging my budget. Like, don't do that. Because it's about what we really want to do. Do we want to honor God? <coughs> do we want to do what we want to do? Maybe. Maybe a young person in the room or single person, you're not married yet, and maybe you've just met that one. Maybe you just met that one. Mom and dad's trying to listen, you need I, I don't I don't like this. Like you need to, you need to back, but mom, dad, you don't understand. He's just so cute. The way he looks at me. Oh dad, mom, she she's so pretty, man. She, she smells so good. She smells like the inside of my mom's purse. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> They make me feel all tingly inside. You don't understand. Son, daughter, we do understand. Because we were you one day. And we know what happens. And, 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 and because you get all tingly inside, you're like, you want to do things that you know you shouldn't do, but you really want to do because it feels good. And, and because it feels good, you know, it must feel right, right? And, and, and those things, and where the Lord will come, and maybe you get a teaching in youth ministry or, or young adult ministry or, or whatever ministry you might be a part of, because maybe you're older and you're not married right now, but this word is for you too, just because you're older, that still, still applies to you, because it's the Bible. And where the Lord comes to you and says, listen, you better slow it down, man, you better hit the brakes, the emergency brake on something, you better slow it down, because there's some things you're getting involved in, there's some things you're, you're falling into, and it's not for you yet. Because you're not married. But it's like, I want to do it, God. I want to do it. I want to do what you're saying right now. If we're really honest today, there's a little Jonah in all of us. 
There's Jonah in all of us, and, and there's going to be times when the, Lord, the word of the Lord comes to us, and he's often going to tell us things, and we're not going to want to do it. We might say no and do just what Jonah did and run the opposite way. Jonah said, I don't want to go there. He despised these people. I don't want to have anything to do with these people. They, they probably made him angry, and, and he was afraid, man, if they repent, then they're going to get mercy because he understood the God that he served. There's going to be some times God's going to speak to you and you're not going to want to do what he wants you to do. And it's going to be easy to run the other way. It's going to be easy to say, I don't want to do it. And do just like Jonah and run the other way. And here's the danger for us. There's always going to be a boat sailing the opposite direction. There's always going to be a boat going the other way. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are saying today, man, I, you know, I, I want to obey God. I, I want to do what he's called me to do. And then all of a sudden, something tempts you. All of a sudden, something distracts you. You were going for it. You were praying. You were reading your Bible. You were, you were going to the church. You were doing all the necessary things. And then something's like, squirrel. <laughs> something distracts Or something tempted you. And it's like you fought it. You fought it. But there's, maybe you don't have accountability in your life. Maybe you're, not, maybe you're not connected in life groups, which start tonight. And that's a good way to help you out. Just saying, hey, hey, hey. So maybe there's just different ways. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, maybe your eyes get taken off of God's purpose, off of his presence, and off of his provision, which he created you to live in. It happens. There's always a boat sailing in the other direction. So watch what happens here in Jonah. God says, listen, here's the word of the Lord. I want you to come. I want you to speak to the Ninevites, preach against them, get them to repent, right? Verse 3, Scripture says this, Jonah ran away. He ran for his life. I don't want to do this anymore, God. I don't want to do this, God. I'm running. And he headed for a place called Tarshish. Very funny name. And he went out to Joppa where he found the ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish. Now, I've read this story like hundreds of times, I, I, you know, throughout probably my entire life. I've, I've read this and I've read everything. And I've never really looked into, I don't know why this stood out to me, maybe it's for someone today, but, but I never really read into this to kind of grasp, like, what, what is Tarshish, right? Uh, someone in this, in the Bible days, if they looked at their map, what they knew, Tarshish was like the end of the earth. As far as they knew where people were in the world, their limited... Um, concept of the world at that time, Tarshish was like all the way over in Spain, on the opposite side of everything. It was as far west as he could go. He was called to Nineveh, which was as far east as he could go at that time. And he, he runs the complete, the absolute complete opposite direction. As far as he could go, he goes to Tarshish. 2,500 miles away from the mission and the purpose and the destination that God had him to go. Some would say, some scholars would suggest that it would take a year for him to sail because he would have to sail around and under, back around to Tartarus. Some would have suggested it would take him about a year to travel. That's a long way from his purpose, from his calling, from the word of the Lord. Long way. And again, I've never really considered that, never really looked into why that was. That's a lot of running. And some of you, maybe you can relate right now. Maybe you're sitting next to someone and, 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 and you think they've got it all together and they look like they look real nice. They look like they're ready for Sunday. And they look, holy, holy. And they, they look the part. But maybe deep inside they're running. 
Maybe there's some of you today, you're running. On the outside, maybe things like that, but you are running and you're a long way from God. Maybe you're watching online today at some point throughout this week and, and, and maybe you're running. Maybe it's not a, an addiction or something extreme like that, but maybe you're, you're just not doing some things that God has called you to do. Where the Lord may have come to you somewhere, somewhere along the way, and, and here you are maybe weeks, days, months, years later, and it's like, man, I've gone so far away, I've drifted. Drifted away. God, I know what you call me to do. God, I know what you want me to do, but I just I don't want to do it. You've been on the run, and you think you can get away with it. You need to understand today that you can run for a while, and it might be okay, and you might have some peace at the beginning because it makes you feel good, but at some point, it's not going to work anymore. You can't run forever. Jonah ran as far as he could, the complete opposite direction to Tarshish. He ran simply because he didn't like the word of the Lord, because he didn't agree with it, because he didn't want to do it. He was living in his own sin and selfishness in the moment. And when we find ourselves, when we, we find ourselves on the run and we're doing the wrong thing, God may just send a storm to grab your attention. Right? Read, read up a little bit, verse 4. Jonah was on the run. Scripture says the, he's on the boat now, right? They're out on their, their way to Tarshish and the Lord. Uh, he sent a great wind and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break it up. I know God is the giver of good things, and we don't like to think that God's going to send like this crazy catastrophic thing. But when we step outside of the will of God, we step outside of His purpose and His power and His presence, we step out from His provision. We step away from the blessing of God. We walk away from His, his covering, and it's us that chooses to walk away, but then we like to blame God. Well, God, where were you? He was there all along, and he was, he was right there. We just chose to walk away from it. We chose to look away. I'm it because we got on some other boat. And the Lord sends this great wind, such a violent storm that, that it, it threatens to break up the ship. Now, this was a, a ship carrying cargo. So this was like a, a legit boat. This wasn't like a little John boat with a little kicker on the back. You know, nothing like that. Like, this was like a legit boat that could carry cargo. And this storm was so strong, these sailors had never seen anything like it before. And it was about to mess with the integrity of the ship. It was such a violent storm. Such a violent storm. And, and so they, they're freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? They're screaming. They're crying out, God, help us, help us. And, and the Bible says they begin to pray to all of their gods. Right? They begin to pray to all of their different gods, crying out, what do we do? They've never seen a storm. Like they're fearful for their boat. They're fearful for their life. What do we do? Right? And, and where is Jonah in this? If you read up, where is Jonah in this? My man is below deck, sleeping it out. The one person on this boat that believed in the one true God who understood, who knew, not only knew God, but heard his voice often, was down below sleep, not even bothered by what was going on. They were having a prayer meeting up on the top deck. Now, they may not have been praying to the right God, but they were having a prayer meeting either way. And Jonah is down below sleeping. The one Christian man on this boat that could come in and could pray to the God who created all this stuff, who created this storm, who created the seas and the wind and the waves, and would be able to do something about it. This man is asleep. Don't laugh. 
Because I'm afraid that that is the condition of the church today. That there is a storm that has been brewing for a long time. There are many storms that are going on in our world today. And I'm afraid that the church has been sleeping for far too long. Quiet. Silent. Indifferent to what is going on outside. Forget about the woke culture. The church needs to be woke. In a different way. We need to wake up. We need to join the prayer party. We need to join the prayer meeting. Come on, it's time, church. Like, it's time to stop being Jonah. Indifferent. Running. And the calling of God. Do you realize that it's not just happenstance that you are the church in such a time as this? And that God is wanting us to carry his word to this world that is so desperate for something? Hurting, lost, confused, and here we are sitting in, in this cool-looking auditorium with the tree. With the tree. All these men begin to look around. They're like, this is something weird. This is something different. This is a storm like we've never seen before. And they're starting to look at each other like, all right, whose fault is this? Who has done something to uh, upset their God? Who, who, that's kind of what they're thinking. And so they decide to draw lots, right? Lot, they, they kind of do like this drawing straws thing. It's kind of not exactly drawing. I kind of think of it like, you know, uh, what is it, paper, rock, scissors? But not exactly. It was more mystical than whatever. Anyway, that's how they, they made this decision. And the lot fell on Jonah. And so they're like, Jonah, who are you, bro? Like, like, the lot fell on you. Like, who exactly are you? What's going on? Why are you riding on this boat? With us. So Jonah tells him, listen, I'm a Hebrew, I serve the one true God, the God who, who created all things, he created the wind and the waves and seas, and, and begins to explain all these things. And in this moment, again, his life contradicts his knowledge of God. And they're like, dude, what have you done? And he tells them what has happened, and, and, and Jonah's like, listen, you, you just need to throw me over, right? I wonder if we do the same thing in our life. We have a knowledge of God. We know who He is. We know what His Word says. We, we get that Word from the Lord and we don't do that. I wonder if we do that too, but yet we still call ourselves a church. We still call ourselves Christian. You know, there's this cultural Christianity that's around where everybody says they're Christian, but their life doesn't reflect that. Like, if, if you ask people, like, even do studies like Google it. Like most people would say that they're a Christian, but they don't go to church. They don't. They don't read their Bible. They don't. They don't live a life that reflects that. It's called cultural Christianity. Many that the, they're consumer Christians, where, where that has kind of infiltrated the church. Network, where people are good to worship God as long as He's doing good stuff for them. And God has become some kind of like genie in the bottle. Like, all right, if I, if I check all the boxes, and then God, you you give me what I want, and it's just not, it's not what it is. And it's crept into the church. Like, there's people that say, well, I'm a Christian. I pray over my food every Thanksgiving. <laughs> I go to church. I'm a CEO Christian. Like, you know, Easter and Christmas only. You know, like, I, I, I pray when there's a crisis in my life. Come on. Sunday, I mean, 
That's enough, right? That's good, I'm good, right? I worship God to fit my schedule and, and my busy life because I'm just so busy. And I know what God says, but I just, I don't want to do what he says. And I, and I know that sounds harsh, and maybe you didn't want to come to church to get your toes stepped on, but, but man, this halfway lukewarm cultural consumer Christianity, this thing is not in the Bible. It is not what God has called us to be. That is not the power in the church. The church should be the most powerful force on the face of this planet, and we are not right now in this season. And I wonder what God is thinking. You say you worship God, but do you really? Jonah, you say you worship God, but man, the, the, the sails are freaking out. There's this big storm. And, and then Jonah finally realized, oh my gosh, this is, this is all on me. This is all my fault. You guys should just throw me over. And they don't want to do that, right? They don't want to do that. And you see in verse 12, he says, okay, guys, I'm sorry. Pick me up, throw me out into the sea, and, and things will be okay. The storm will go. You guys will be good. And this is my fault. This is not me. This is the reason the great storm has come upon me. But the same was they don't want to do it. So what do they, they start throwing all their cargo, their livelihood. They start throwing over because even they understood what was right and what was wrong. And finally, they realized, hey, we're sorry, Jonah. We just got to throw Jonah over the, the, the storm. So size, but then what does happen? Along comes a big fish. Not a big whale. The Bible doesn't say big whale. Big fish. Either way, it doesn't matter. It was a big fish. And swallows Jonah up. And he was inside the fish for three days. There is a great cost to disobedience. Great cost to disobedience. We're willing to count the cost and pay the expense when something really matters the most to us, aren't we? We're willing to look at it and say, you know, I don't, I don't care what it costs because I really want it. But how often uh, does God and his word and his ways matter more to us and see that it, it'll cost us more in the end than what, what he asks for us is way worth it? How many times do we do that? When are we going to start doing that? Yet, yet God still showed his mercy to John. Yet God still had his purpose for John. Yet God still wanted to provide and give him his presence. We may look at the fish as a, a form of a maybe judgment on Jonah. We may look at the fish as some kind of, uh, you know, way to, to, to get at Jonah. But the fish was actually mercy. In fact, God showed a lot of mercy to Jonah through a lot of preparation. The Lord prepared a great fish in Jonah 1.17. If we read up the final end of this story after Jonah goes back and preaches to the Ninevites and they repent and they turn to the Lord and he finally does, he, he walks away upset because that's not what he wanted to do, but he didn't, and, and so we find Jonah soaking and God provides a plant that gives him shade, but then God also provides a worm to eat that shade as an object illustration to show him who he really is. The Lord prepared that great storm. There was a lot of preparation that showed the mercy of God. But the real work of preparation happened in Jonah. Inside. In his heart. Where it mattered the most. What God really prepared was a person and a prophet to trust him at his word and carry out his purpose. God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. Right? He wants to do something in you, in your heart, in your life, from the inside. He wants to do something in you so that he can do something through you. Jonah lost sight of all that. Jonah lost sight of God's purpose. He lost sight of, of his presence and his provision 
Don't lose sight of it today. Don't lose sight of it because you simply just don't want to do what he wants to do. Don't lose sight of it because you would rather give in to temptation. Don't lose sight of it because you would rather give in to something that looks good, like an apple, like Adam and Eve, or like a bowl of soup, like of Esau. Right? Don't lose sight of it just because you want to do what you want to do. So where do we find it? In between God's mercy and his mission. Worship team, you guys can come up. The mission was Nineveh. God's purpose. The fish was God's mercy. His provision. Nineveh was the mission, the purpose. The fish was the place of provision, his mercy. In the fish, Jonah was humbled. In the fish, Jonah repented. In the fish, it was a place of redemption. Jonah ran, but in desperation, ran back and ended up doing what he should have done all along. He went through all of that and yet ended up back where he should have been all along where God called him to be. It's funny, actually no, it's not funny, it's more odd, that we run from God, and then when things don't work out, we run back to him in the end and do what he says anyway. Why do that? Why fight it? Why run? Why waste time? Why waste resources? Why waste our life running from God when we just surrender, just give it up, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't make sense to us in our own carnal, uh, natural minds, and just give in to what God wants to do. But yet so many times we run. So many times we don't want to do it. Why fight it based on our own wants, our own desires, our own opinions? And I get it. I get it. Sometimes God's ways are confusing. It don't make sense. Sometimes it's scary. We don't want to do it. It's going to be uncomfortable at times, but we can trust God. You can trust God that he will make a way when it's his will. And it will strengthen us. It will do something in us so that it can do something through us. It will prepare us for God's purpose. Stretching is going to take you a lot farther. I got a bow and arrow. I just put the, the arrow in and just hold it. Like, that's not doing anything. But if I stretch that, that arrow back, and if I keep stretching that arrow back, and the further I stretch that arrow back, the farther it's going to go forward. We don't like stretching because it's uncomfortable, because it hurts. If you go work out, you stretch and you tear your muscles, and it hurts, and it hurts for days. And it's like, oh, God, I hate this. I don't want Oh, I don't have to go there. Your arm's like a noodle. But it grows back bigger. Well, at least I've, I've, I've tried that. I, don't, I haven't quite got that concept yet. But it's supposed to grow back bigger and stronger. Because it's gone through some endurance. You take a rubber band, the further back, you stretch it and let it go, the further it's going to go. Or the stretching is uncomfortable for us. We'll never experience the fullness of God. We choose our own way over His. Come on, if you're fighting it today, come on, just give up. Give up. Just quit running. Stop running. Stop and give it all to God. It's God. I've been running. I don't know. Be honest. God, I don't want to do this, but I know it's this. I know I've got to go. I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but God, I know it's preparing me. God, I know it's stretching something in me. God, I know it's doing something in me. I know you have a purpose. And I know in my purpose you are going to provide. And look what's in between. Look what's in between the fish and Nineveh. Look what's in between God's 
mission and his mercy. Look what's in between God's purpose and his provision. Jonah found his presence again. Jonah found his presence. He heard the word of the Lord again. Come on, can you stand up with me this morning? Maybe today, maybe you're running. And maybe it's tired. Maybe it's like that hamster wheel. You're just running. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. It's like, I don't understand why I'm not going anywhere. You're running. And you've gotten tired because running is tiring. Stop running. Stop running today. Stop giving hope to God. Let Him do something in you today. Let Him let, let, let allow you to experience His mercy. Your presence, His presence all over again today. Come on, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, if that's you, if you're here in this place and, and you're like, yes, Pastor, that's me, I'm running. Come on, would you slip your hand up? Not to embarrass you. This is to pray for you. This is to encourage you. Come on, anybody you would say, be honest today. Come on, that's me, I'm, I'm running. Yeah, come on, anybody, anybody, come on. Come on, don't keep running. This is an act of faith. It's a step of faith. It's to say, hey, that's me. I'm in that place today. Anybody? Come on, right now, come on, let go. In this place, those that would raise their hand, those that would say, yes, that's me, God, would you move it now? Like, God, would you speak into me? Let them hear your word once again, God. Let them feel your presence once again, God. Would you provide what your mercy is that surrendering to you right now, God? Because there is no purpose. There is no mission. There is still your love. There is still your goodness, God. Even when we don't want to do it, God. Well, let us turn back to you, God. Let us rise up. Come on, the rest of us in this room. Come on, may we rise up as the church. The church you have called us to be in such a time as this, in the storm that is raging around us, God. Would you rise up in us as the church that we stop complaining about silly things or that are not headed in hell issues, God. May we stop fighting on Facebook about things that really don't matter. But God, may we get on our face and our knees once again. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.